Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on? This is Joe. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I haven't done one of these in a long time, so I'm excited to jump into this. We're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, Zach Booth. He's been around for a long, long time. He's done some pretty cool things. Go check out his YouTube channel right now. Just go look up Zach Booth in his YouTube. And he did this thing where you, he, follow, he had a camera guy follow him around, and he did a bunch of deals in Florida while his family was in Utah. I think you would say the thing was a success. It was hard. It was not easy, but he still did a bunch of deals and he documented them all in YouTube. And hopefully it's still on YouTube, isn't it, Zach? Just nod your head. Okay, good, it is. So this guy's a beast and he's been known as the driving for dollars guy. And we're going to be talking a little bit about driving for dollars because it is one of the best ways to do real estate deals. But he's also been getting into land. And so I'm excited to talk to him about how he literally just started a few months ago and he's been outsourcing almost all of it to other people that he's hired, he's brought on. And they've been doing some vacant land and they've done about five deals since they started five, six months ago. Net, net profits of about, I think, 50 or $60,000. We'll, we'll, we'll have uh, Zach kind of higher, 60 grand. We'll have Zach kind of give us the details on that. Not a bad day. Now it's better than a, a poke in the eye with a stick, as I like to say. So he's been flipping vacant land in addition to houses. So I wanted to get him on to talk about that. First, though, I want to say this show is brought to you by me. Really, like I'm the, I'm the main sponsor for my show. But if you go to simplelandkit.com right now, you're going to get one of the most amazing free giveaway things I've ever done. I should be charging money for this. I should be charging at least five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks. But what it is, it's called simplelandkit.com. And in there, you can get my direct mail swipe file. You can get my contract I use for wholesaling deals, my option contract I use sometimes. If I don't want to get it under contract to buy it, I just want to get it under an option contract give you my motivated seller script, what I say to sellers. I give you the scripts and the tools that I use to talk to realtors and find realtors to bring me deals and sell my deals. I also give you on there my due diligence checklist for vacant land because you want to make sure you're not getting a bad deal. You, what are some of the things that you look for with vacant land? It's different than houses. So you get my due diligence checklist, one or two other things that I can't remember right now, but also one of the most amazing things you get into this thing. And I'm telling you, it's, this is not going to be for free for very much longer because every time I talk about this, I'm like, I can't believe this is free. It's a software I created that helps you evaluate and come up with offers for vacant land deals. This software is really amazing. You put some stuff into it and it spits out to you three different offers, three different cash offers that you could make. You pick one and then it gives you an owner financing offer you can make to the seller if they say no to your cash deal. And then it generates the contracts for you, gives you a letter and you can print it and then just mail it to the seller. Completely free. For a limited time, really, because I'm not going to be giving this away for free much longer, but go to simplelandkit.com to get that right now, okay? And I think we should bring Zach on. What do you say, Zach? Let me make sure this is working. How are you, Zach? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back here. Nice. I'm, I'm glad this is working here. I've been playing around with this tool called Ecamm Live for my YouTube videos and my podcasts, and so far, so good. So far, so good. If you guys are watching this on Facebook right now or YouTube, I think I'm only streaming to Facebook this time. And if you notice, my screen, my video is just a little wider than Joe's. Joe's cheating the system here. He's making my cheeks look fuller than they really are. Just want that to be out there. 
No, no. Just so you know, too, I've lost like 40 pounds in the last three or four months. You're, well, you're looking good, but you also had a heart surgery, I understand. I, I had. So good to, to see you so chipper and up and going. How are you feeling, by the way? Good, man. It's been five weeks. Is that right? Wow. Five or six weeks. And I'm feeling better, stronger every day. My chest hurts a lot. Feels like, you know, a horse mule kicked me in the chest. But um, they, I'd love they, to show you my scars. Ribs, right? I'm sorry? They cut your ribs too, right? Yeah, like they to, cut my to, sternum. I got a big old six-inch wow. scar. It's crazy, man, what they do. I could talk for a long time about it. If anybody cares to know, it was major open-heart surgery. They replaced my aortic valve, and I am still kicking. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm going to be around for a long, long time. Going to take more than that to take you out. Here's the cool thing, though. I didn't have a heart attack. I was look. I looked healthy. They couldn't believe I was still standing, though, because my valve was so bad. And I was having little slight heart palpitations and stuff. And they, they said, you need to get this thing replaced. When I was in surgery, they took out my valve and they said it was so calcified that if you would have given it to another doctor who didn't know me, they would have thought I was 75 or 80 years old. So it was a congenital thing, whatever. And they was replaced it, was it with a- Was it steroids? Was it all those steroids in high school or what? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just hereditary, something I got from my family. Thank you, mom and dad. No, I'm just joking. But they fixed it. They put in a new valve that's made out of tissue from a cow. It's not a cow's valve. It's tissues made from a cow. Mm. They put it in there. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has done this. He's got this done yeah. three times. He's still looking good. So it's just the way it is, you know, and I've been out of commission for the last five weeks. But here's the cool thing I love about this business, Zach, as you know, we set up our businesses to run for us in spite of us, don't we? And that's what I want to talk about on this podcast because you're doing house deals in multiple states. Now you're also doing vacant land deals. You're not all doing this by yourself, are you? No, definitely not, especially because I also coach and help and, you know, create TikToks and podcasts and videos and help other people. So to be able to do multiple different real estate strategies in multiple states, yes, I have to have an incredible team. You know, you spoke of Arnold Schwarzenegger and I got emotional watching his documentary over the weekend that just came out on Netflix. And, I've not seen and he that. said, Oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. At the very end of it, he said, you can call me a kraut. You can call me schnitzel. You can, you know, all the insults that Arnold obviously has been called. He said, but don't ever call me self-made because there's so many people that have helped me in my journey and helped me along the way. And, you know, incredible people that accomplish amazing things. It's, it's very interesting how they always surround themselves with incredible people to help them succeed. That's amazing. That's really cool. I, I watched the first yeah. 10 minutes of that. It looked good. I don't know why I just yeah, got great. busy or something. Great. Okay, so Zach, I've had you on my show before a couple of times. I think we've talked about driving for dollars. You've got a great program. I mean, you've been doing that. I love driving for dollars I've, as a strategy for getting deals because you go out and you're basically looking for cars <laughs> from your car. You're looking for properties that are needing updating. You know, the windows are, are damaged. The gutters are hanging. Yards not been mowed in a long time. And you basically skip trace the owner and call them or send them a letter or postcard. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Keep it, keep it simple. You're trying to find someone that has a thorn in their side that they want to get rid of. And so you look for those houses that obviously aren't loved and see if they're willing to sell to an investor or, or not. That's it. It's pretty, pretty basic if, if you have the right systems in place. And then what are you, what's the favorite way to, are you doing this driving yourself or are you outsourcing this to other people, hiring them to do the driving for you? Yep. So we, we had 4,000 addresses every single week. So we're finding 4,000 ugly houses every week between Utah and Florida. And we have one driver in Utah and one driver in Florida. That is it. It does not take a ginormous team to do this. 
you know, this is a, you know, in Utah, we were only doing 2000 a week and we're doing a million a year in Utah. We just kind of really started ramping up Florida. So we're not quite to a million a year yet in Florida with our driving for dollar system. But yeah, this should be $2 million a year, just that many addresses. I love this because how many people are doing this really? Mm, to my level, none. Zero. Nobody's doing this. Maybe they used to do it. You know, maybe it was kind of competitive back then, but like nobody's doing this, right? And the great thing about this is you are finding deals, Zach, that aren't on any lists that you can download and buy, right? That's why it works so good. Yeah. You're going into great neighborhoods where there's a lot of investor activity, right? A rehab, landlord activity. And you're paying these people to go look for properties that are derelict, that need updating. They put them into their phone on an app or something. I think you're using uh, Deal Machine is it, or something else. Yeah, we're using Deal Machine. Yeah. Okay. Glad I didn't mess that up. And then, because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good tools out there, that's probably the best one. And then it is uh, by far the best one. They that those leads come in. You skip trace and call them. Call them or how are you handling that? Yeah. So we text, cold call, and so, and send postcards. But we're also, you know, a major thing. Like you said, there's a lot of properties on that list that are not on other lists. And it's very interesting how many people come onto my podcast, the Driving for Dollars Mastery podcast, and say, we found this seller, we made $60,000 passing it to an investor, you know, we wholesaled the opportunity, and the house had sat vacant for seven years, 10 years, five years, right? It's insane because you get weird situations like the people died and the only person to inherit the house is in jail and estranged from the family. And so when they see that it's been vacant, when you use Deal Machine, you can actually tag the vacant houses. You can tag the worst of the worst, the ones that are like, okay, something's super fishy going on. So when you touch the property, imagine you have a Google Maps image, and all you got to do is touch the property and it'll upload it to your list. But you can then click another button that tags it and will put in, you know, when you export that Excel spreadsheet, one of the columns is special tags. So you'll be able to have that subsection of properties that you want to go back and door knock the neighbors or spend a little bit extra effort trying to find the situation because you know that there's more money there. You know, we door knock and very few properties, but it's crazy how many huge deals yeah. uh, that we do from this. How are you paying your driving guys, the people that are out there driving? How are you paying them? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to hire all these different people that are already driving, Uber drivers, mail carriers, things like that, pay them a commission. And it's a huge mistake because you don't get consistency. You know, you're kind of at their mercy if they feel generous enough to work for you that day or not. So you're better off to set a goal of how many properties you want to add each week. And the way we compensate is we just pay hourly, plus we offer some bonuses. So we pay 20 bucks an hour, you know, up or down, depending on where you're at in the country, right? If you're in a, you know, average, you know, median economy, 20 bucks an hour is decent enough. You want to pay well. So maybe you got to go up to 30, 40 bucks an hour if you're in somewhere like California where cost of living is extremely high. And then you do, you know, you cover gas if they hit their goals. So if their goal is 500 properties for a week or a thousand a week, if they hit that goal, you actually, you pay for their gas. So it incentivizes them to hit the goal. And then if they close a deal, you give them an extra hundred to $300 per deal, right? Which will incentivize them to make sure they add properties that are actually going to turn into something. So they're not just tagging randomly. Which is interesting too, because I think a lot of people when this was first a thing, were trying to pay their drivers just 100% commissions, right? And I did that. Cost me so much money. That's fascinating because there's also licensing issues that come with that, right? Like if you're paying somebody for bringing you leads or bringing you deals, you could argue that's brokering activity, but now you're just paying them as an employee, which is probably, I would guess, more above board 
and simpler. And you're saying it, it's at the end of the day, you actually are paying less. Is that right? Yeah. So if I'd have compensated at 20 bucks an hour plus the you know, pay for gas plus pay $100 per deal. In the first seven months or so, first first six to seven months that I started doing this, I was paying 20% of the deal to my drivers. And I calculated the difference. If I would have paid the commission versus the hourly, paying the commission like I did, I overpaid by over $70,000. Serious. Serious. Yeah, I was like, ouch, that was a painful learning lesson. Well- Lesson learned, but thank you for doing that for us because now we know yeah. what you what <laughs> to do. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're paying them hourly. Good. Let's talk about vacant land. Oh, is there anything else about houses you want to talk? Oh, let's talk about your YouTube challenge. This was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a couple years. And what did you do? What crazy idea did you attempt? Well, you know, I accidentally became a coach, right? And with becoming a real estate coach, came some challenges. One of the challenges I found is if I wanted to help people become successful, they had to believe that they could be successful. They had to believe that it was possible. They had to see that it doesn't take someone extremely intelligent or a ton of experience. It takes a a work ethic, right? You can't have any kind of success in life without some work ethic, but it's it's not as complicated as most people think. And uh, I needed them to trust me and believe in it. And I thought back to my experience and I used to like hate gurus. I used to think that they were all full of it and you know, they actually didn't know anything about real estate. They were just selling information. And if you really made all that money in business, you wouldn't be teaching it. Yeah, or if that's like, that you can't do it anymore, you're teaching it now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I believe that thing. You see it on all the comments and on Joe's stuff, on my stuff, on anyone that puts out content on real estate. And this is like, how do I fix that? Like, how do I give people belief and hope? Because what happened to me, because I was a same skeptic, I was very skeptical. And I was hearing about wholesaling and I was hearing about finding discounted opportunities and creative financing and lease options and all this cool stuff on podcasts and so forth, but very skeptical because then they're like, well, then click on the link below and pay me money. And I'm like, well, shoot, like that's not what I want. I want to, I want to make money. And so I ended up washing windows for a wealthy gentleman. Uh, his name was Stan Nilsson. And Stan was a wealthy investor, developer. And he and it, uh, I talked to him for like an hour and a half while I was cleaning his windows. And I was like, man, if I just get two rentals this year, it'd be amazing. Handed, the, handed me two rentals right there. Like he signed a paper on blank, you know, blank piece of paper. Really? And he said, take this to the title company. He's like, do you have 10% down, which would have been like 20 grand? And I was like, no. You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't have that kind of money. And he's like, well, what do you have? I was like, well, I got 2000 bucks. He's like, oh, that's fine. Right. We signed the paper, signed the agreement, what the terms would be on payments to him. And I went to, and, and closed on these deals and I ended up selling them the next year for over six figures profit. Nice. And, and I sold them using lease options, which Joe's very fond of, has made a lot of money over the years with. I sold them as a lease option to my tenants. They cashed me out the next year. Made I think I made like $130,000. Nice. And um, plus, you know, a few thousand bucks every month, or not every month, but, but overall and renting it to them as well. So for me, I was like, wow, like this is real. This stuff exists. So I was a believer. And all of a sudden, now I started paying for coaches and then my success exploded. Because now I had belief and with belief, I took action. I got coaching. And so, so why did I do the 40-day challenge is I wanted to give that gift, that gift of belief and hope so people could take action, so people could have results and take that work ethic and put it to where it would make more money than what they're currently doing. Well, let me guess too. Another reason I bet you did it is because you wanted to prove to people that you could actually do it yourself. Well, yeah, because if I'm, 
Yeah, it's the credibility because if they don't trust me, they don't trust my process. And if they don't trust me or and or my process, why would they ever allow me to serve them and coach them and change their lives? That's what I want. I want to change their lives, but they have to see that and know that and believe that. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go give them that gift of belief, of hope, of faith that it works, that I know what I'm doing that my system works and what it's going to take on their part to be successful because they see it happen. Right. And so I took a thousand bucks, flew across the country. Sorry. Right, okay. How many, how many kids do you have? I have two. I have two. And a wife. And a wife. Yeah. Okay. Who's a lady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And two yep. kids. And, and two kids. Yeah. And so what we did, what we planned, I told my wife, I was like, this is very important to me. I want to do this. This is kind of like a charity thing. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to run my normal businesses and basically become a self-employed startup company for the next 40 days. So my wife's from Brazil. So I was like, go be with your family, take my kids. I wasn't going to be with my family for 30 days to do this project. It was horribly difficult. I'm crazy about my kids. So it's a huge sacrifice on my part there. So they're in Brazil and I'm just working from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed with a thousand bucks for marketing and the goal is to make the average American income in just 40 days. And I ended up, I ended up crushing that goal, actually. I did really, really well. Yeah, I remember watching some of the videos. I didn't watch all of them. Uh, you were stressed at times. Like it was not easy. You were missing your wife and kids. Yeah. By the way, sorry for making a stupid joke about your wife being a lady. Sorry. that I know I offended 20 people at least with that. So my apologies. I'll never do that again. But so you're missing your family, right? Like you're in Florida. You thought it was going to be easy because uh, I can relate to this. I've done something similar. And uh, it's it's harder work than you realize. And you don't really need to do it because you're already making money. Who are you trying to prove this to? And so you're out there, you're driving for dollars. You have a camera guy that's also going with you. And I, I want to guess one of the frustrating things with it was you had a camera guy. So you were also explaining what you were doing while you were doing it, which made it twice as hard, right? Yeah, it was hard. Like I'd like knock on the door for a seller appointment. And I'm like, hey, I'm doing a kind of a documentary thing for my YouTube channel. You know, we flip houses. Is it okay if they come? They're like already like completely no way. And, you know, that's not happening. And so it was really hard to get some of the footage. But um, yeah, it, it, there was so many obstacles to make it all happen. It, there was. And, and like you said, I did not do this for me, right? This was 1000% to, to help people. Yeah, I, I'm going to bring on more students and help more people. But the only reason I'm a coach, the only the only reason I really do the coaching is is it's a passion project. Yeah, I authentically make ninety percent of my money from real estate. See, okay, you get a rental car, you go to Florida, you got a thousand bucks, and you start driving for dollars using the Deal Machine app. By the way, what's your link for Deal Machine if anybody wants to look into it? Yeah, so I, there's a discount code. I use it on the 40-day challenge. It's PIN. The reason PIN, so P-I-N, uh, you can actually get 100 bucks for free when you sign up using that discount code. So you can get free postcards or free phone numbers for those addresses you want to market to. You get $100 for free. Good. All right. So you go down there and you're just driving, looking for property vacant, like we talked about before. And you then go back to your hotel room and just get on the phone and start making calls. What was the result of this challenge? How long were you there? How many deals did you do and all that? Yeah. So I was, I was in Florida for 30 days, supposed to be 40 days, but on day 30, my wife's supposed to fly home, test positive for COVID, couldn't fly home. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then her father, her father got it. He has heart issues as well and had a heart, heart, uh, open heart surgery like a year before, really worried about him. So I immediately jumped on a plane. I had my passport just in case, immediately bought a plane ticket and flew down there, finished the last 10 days with COVID, you know, cause I of course got it. 
And luckily it didn't affect me. My, my father-in-law was hospitalized for a month. I got stuck in Brazil for like another two months because I had to test negative before I flew home. We just kept testing positive. So that was interesting. I wasn't even home for like three months of the year. It was weird, right? But anyways, overall results from that is I got a total of seven signed contracts. Two of them I had to cancel, right? We ended up during our inspection found that it had mold and some foundation issues because of a tree and just where we were under contract too high, had to cancel them after inspection. Three of them I wholesaled. That means that I found a buyer to close on the contract. I didn't, I didn't have the money to buy, right? I sold I sold one of them for $10,000, one of the contracts. I sold the next one for $30,000. And then the last one I sold for 52 or 53. I can't remember exactly. That's your assignment fee. That's your profit. That's my profit assignment fee. So overall cash generated was $93,000. That left me two more rentals that I could not help myself. I bought them as rentals. I just took cash out of my savings account and bought them because they were too good. I could have assigned them and sold them. I've now since sold them. Um, I sold them each as is. I never put any remodeled into them. I sold them each for, I think, about $38,000 profit each. So really, I made like an additional $74,000 on top of that ninety-three. And just that that time frame, and you're just making simple cash offers for every one of these, right? Yep. yep. How many of them did you meet the seller in person at the house? All of them. That's how I like to do it. All of those, I I did meet with them in person. So even when you're doing deals in Florida now today, you have an acquisitions manager local who goes and meets Correct. sellers in person. Correct. Yep. We have three acquisition managers and two real estate agents that work our retail leads. Right. Now. You think you still could have done what you did on the phone, just negotiating these deals? Yeah. And- I've done lots of deals over the phone. I totally believe that it's easier. It's easier to do it in person. And if I can't do it in person, I try and do it in Zoom. Worst case scenario, I do it over the phone. And the reason for that, Joe, is it's not that it's not possible to do it over the phone, but I like to be able to read people's posture and facial expressions. And because people communicate more than just what they say. And so I like to see when you say something, if someone like folds their arms and like rolls their eyes, because I want to address that. I want to address those frustrations and those struggles. You seem upset by what I said. You know, do you feel like you have a better option? Right. I want to understand what people are thinking and how they're feeling about the situation. So, so I push my team to go in person because I believe it's easier to build a relationship. It's easier to build trust, right? Because people want to do business with people that they like and that they trust. Right. So, for example, if you go on an appointment and their brother that they love wants to buy the house, he's willing to pay a hundred grand and you make an offer of a hundred grand, you're out. <laughs> you know, the brother's getting the deal. So, I want my acquisition guys to be the one that they want to work with. And then the price is next. Yeah. Right. That's really good. And some of you are wondering, hey, well, I thought we were talking about land here. Would you stop talking about houses? But this relates to land. I mean, everything we're talking about here can relate yep. as well. What got you interested in land, vacant land? So, more than anything, um, I want to make more money. <laughs> so, so for me, it was, um, you know, we have an amazing culture here in, in Utah with my employees here. We were kind of struggling building culture. We've since fixed that with our Florida team, right? With, with our sales reps out there and our driver and so forth. And we've got that fixed. But before that all started taking place, I was looking for something that I could do more virtual. So I looked at virtual wholesaling. I looked at, you know, then virtual land was next. And I couldn't find really people that were actually doing what they were teaching when it came to virtual wholesaling, right? Like that weren't actually making money with it. 
And there's a lot of guys that are doing virtual land that I like and trust and respect. You're one of them, right? Ray's another and, and some others that I think have actually been on your podcast. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, kind of asking around, I was like, man, this is exactly it because I can have my acquisition guy that's crushing and doing a million dollars a year in wholesale fees here in Utah, service some leads. Let's, let's test it, right? He can do it all over the phone, all virtual. Let's throw some marketing out in the world and let's see if it actually works. Nice. So that was, it was just kind of a test. We weren't sure if it was going to work. We tested, we started testing about seven months ago and it's turned into a whole thing. Then about 60 grand in profits. Yeah. We've done exactly 60, I can break this down, actual realized net or like actual profits after we bought, then sold them. What we got to take home was $63,597.64. Flipping five vacant lots. Five vacant lots is all. All right. I got to do my disclaimers here, guys. Listen, Zach is an exceptional uh, investor. He's not your typical guy. You know, he's very atypical, right? He's a massive action taker. I have to say this because it's just true. Most people don't have that kind of success. Most people who get into real estate investing don't make any money in the business. Most people fail and quit and give up. But the, the few of us who do persist and do deals and never quit and just grind it and do a lot of marketing and work really hard, have success and do deals. So I'm going to ask you questions here in a minute, Zach, of like, what kind of marketing were you doing and stuff like that? But well, just, just so you guys know too, that's, that's, we have eight more. That's just what's like, since the beginning of the year that we bought and sold done, we have eight more that I bought. We own them. We have them listed and our projected profits off of those eight is well over a hundred grand. And that's the profits off those eight. So so really, it could be it could be darn near two hundred thousand dollars already in in revenue. I love it. Okay, so um, what did you do? How did you pick your markets? Yeah, so a lot of it was uh, the amount of volume of transactions that are happening, right? So we went into oh man. Well, we by the way, I'm sorry, hold on, hold on. You don't have to tell us the specific uh, counties if you don't want. So like maybe okay. states are okay. Tell us like north, south, east, west, or. Yeah, we found that like Texas was a really good one, right? More than anything, we just went kind of state by state. And you can do this in your own state. Like I have a, a student, uh, Brian Hemmerly. You probably should have Brian on your podcast, by the way. Will you put um, your touches on that? Thanks. Yeah, I will. Brian, uh, I didn't know this, but he started doing land. He's in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. This can be done anywhere, right? And you probably should start in your own backyard. I probably should have started in my own backyard. But, and I kind of, you know, anyways, we, we started looking at different states. And what we were looking for is is how many pieces of land that have sold in the county. And we were looking for counties that had volume, right? I wanted this to be a volume business. I wanted to not spend very much per deal. So I expected my average deal size to be smaller around that ten to $15,000 range because I only wanted to, you know, spend five to $15,000 per deal to buy them and to spend on marketing to then make ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 back. And, you know, as, as far as profits after all expenses. And so I looked for counties and I, just, I literally just went to Zillow in Redfin and I looked up the different counties and in the last six months, how many vacant lots had sold in that price point, anywhere between $10,000 to $200,000, right? And I was like, I just wanted to see that there's a volume of land that's being sold. Well, you're most following people, the money. Yeah, I'm following the money. And most people think, most people think, oh, well, that's where the competition is. We got to go find this little niche hole that nobody knows about, right? 
And it's, just, it's the same concept that I use with driving for dollars. If you want to know where the deals are being done, where to go do your driving, get on wholesalers cash buyers lists, go drive the same dang neighborhoods. Because I guarantee you there is a deal on the same street. Guarantee it. Yeah, you, the competition's a good thing in real yep. estate. Yeah, All points right. so it's like it mar marks the X. Like the gold's here, guys. Come here. I talk about this in in all of my videos. I talk about land is follow the demand, follow the money, and find the best states. And in those states, find the best counties. Find out where the demand is. Okay, so Texas is one of your states. By the way, I've had a hard time in Texas because it's hard to get comps. Now you kind of have to have MLS access, right? Yeah. Like it's because yeah. So you do? No, I'm not doing it in Texas. Um, but we looked at like the Carolinas was good. Like we found multiple states that had, you know, volume like that. So so we just kind of looked around and started dabbling in a, in a couple different areas. And we ended up just choosing Florida more than anything because I'm already doing wholesaling there, right? I already had kind of a cash buyers list. I had a reputation, a title company, you know, some of those things that I already needed. Yeah. Okay. So let's say Florida is your state. You pick some. Yeah. How many counties did you pick in Florida? So we're currently testing them all. So so we we picked the ones that were close to where our title office, office was because we already had a real estate agent in that area that was helping us with our single family stuff. So we're like, okay, well, if we find a deal, we'll have an agent right there in the area. That's why we picked that area. It wasn't like it was a lot of math that went into it. But for me, we've just kind of been picking one county at the time and, and hitting it with our, our first round of mail and just seeing the overall results. Do we get some quick revenue off of that county? What's our total ROI on that county? And we're quickly eliminating the worst and the best. And then we'll go back through and really laser focus on the best counties is kind of how we're going to approach it. All right. So you doing direct mail? Yes. Okay. Yes. What kind of direct mail are you sending? So we've, we, we just started split testing some new things. So we were doing an offer letter actually was about 40% of what we thought the value was of the lot in those subdivisions. So like on Zillow, you can choose... So once you find the address that you want to market to, you can find out what subdivision it's in, right? Once you find the subdivision, you can have that be one of the filters on Zillow. And we were just saying, okay, lots of that size in that subdivision go for, let's say, $40,000. Well, then our offers was 40% of that. Roughly, what is that? Like $26,000. 16. 16. Okay, 16. Yep. All right. So then um, you were sending, you at first you were sending blind offers, which was what? It's like a cover page and then a contract. Attached yep. to it. Yep. So it was actually just a one page thing. It's like, hey, this is who we are. And then here's our offer and go ahead and sign below. Okay. And, you know, the return mail. So it was actually just a one page document that we were using. And it's actually kind of floored. We started getting signed contracts back in the mail. It uh, shocked me. Absolutely right. shocked me. I mean, from the, 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 you know, single family space. So then um, those calls were they somebody answering them live or they going to voicemail or what were you doing? Yeah. So if they call, we have it go directly to voicemail. And we do that with all of our marketing, just because I don't want my acquisitions guys getting burned out with the, the F you, you know, how dare you send me a piece of mail yeah. calls. Okay. So then um, are you still sending the blind offers or have you changed that? Yeah, exactly. So we started with the, just like just the offers. Cause like I said, we were just testing this in the beginning. So all this revenue just came from that. All this revenue to this date, the roughly the hundred and sixty to two hundred thousand dollars in in revenue, right? It all came from offer letters. We did like a a small little test, like it was like a couple thousand of the addresses. We sent just letters with no offer, dude. And our response rate was crazy. We had so many people calling that we could not keep up 
like our, my acquisition guy here in Utah couldn't keep up with leads. He had too many leads. He couldn't even call them all. So we're like, okay, let's go back to offer letters and let's start preparing and training someone to take this over. So, so over the last three months, we brought on, uh, who's actually a student. He wanted to come work for free. We flew him out here. He started driving for us. He started doing uh, lead management. We obviously didn't have him work for free, but I love the initiative, right? Yeah. And uh, he started driving. He was doing driving for driving for dollars for here in Utah, but then he also started doing lead management, helping Hayden qualify these leads that were coming in. And now he is our full-time land acquisition guy. I actually signed a land contract today. Shout out to Dustin. Super proud of him. Yeah. So so now we're going a straight letters. So now, because he's going to be able to service those and have the time to do so. I've always argued you do more deals with neutral letters, I call them, right? Yep. It's just a postcard or a letter that says, hey, do you want to sell your lot? Call our 24-hour recorded voicemail and uh, we'll send you an offer. Because you're going to get more calls that way, which means you're going to get more leads, which means you're going to have more, you're going to be able to make more offers and do more follow-up. You're going to have more follow-up people. So, And then you could, your offers are going to be better too, aren't they? Because now you're looking at a deal and saying, all right, well, this one's on the water. This one's got a better access. This one, so you make a better, higher Or you lower. send an offer. Yeah, or you send an offer too high and they're like, I'm interested. And then you do more due diligence on it. And you're like, crap, we sent it out offering, you know, 15,000. We should have only offered four, you know? Yeah, and, so that's, and that's a hard, that's a hard sell. But, you know, you were, when you sent these blind offers, you're sending them at 40% of what you think they were worth. Which, how much of them did you have to actually go back and renegotiate a lower price on? Well, it happened a lot. There was especially one subdivision we really screwed up on our comps. And, you know, poor Miguel, he does all of our marketing. He got, he got razzed pretty good by the sales team. <laughs> but, but, but uh, you, yeah. you still did deals. That's Yeah, we thing. still did deals. Yeah. He, Ray, I had him on my podcast and, and uh, we've had him on twice. Two of my most popular podcasts ever on vacant land. And he was saying... Sometimes what he'll do is he'll intentionally send offers four times too high just to get the phone to ring. And then what he does is like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. That number's just not going to work. I'm looking here and, you know, I can see what's the best you can do and shuts up and listens and the seller comes back. But I love that strategy. And, and sometimes there's a letter that we send that has the check in the, that shows through the envelope. You know what I'm talking about? And we did that and got about a 2.2% response rate, which is pretty good. But every single, and on, on that check is a dollar amount of what we can offer for your deal. Now, it's not a contract, so it's kind of this combination of an offer and a neutral letter, but it's a check that's coming through an envelope. And it says, hey, if you want a real offer, call us, you know. I wonder how many people try and cash it. <laughs> well, on, on the back, it says, do not deposit, not a real check, and all of that stuff. <laughs> but still, how many still tried to deposit? Maybe I need, I don't know. Maybe that's need to be careful about, we're more careful about that. But anyway, every single one of them that we turned of the 3,500 letters that we sent, we got seven deals under contract, six, we got six deals under contract. So far we've sold five and we might just cancel the sixth one. I think, I'm not sure where that's at yet, but we, it cost us, I don't know, about four grand in list and mail for that, probably less. And uh, we've made 24 48, another 15. We've made about $63,000 in profits from those offer letters, kind of as it was. And But those were the most hard. My, my, my acquisitions guy was upset. He's like, Joe, everybody is so mad at me. This is humiliating. This is embarrassing. And I said, I know, just apologize to blame them on, you know, your manager made a mistake on the mail 
and just apologize, but then turn around and ask immediately, hey, this won't work for us. We're sorry, but what is the best you can do? Can you go any lower than that? And then listen to them talk. It's amazing. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't necessarily want that either. And and partly because we have uh, both in Utah, as well as in now in Florida, we have a real estate agent that we push leads to for people that want to work with a real estate agent. So for me, I want anyone that has any intentions to sell to call us because then yeah. we can pre-qualify. What do you need? What do you want? What's your time frame? What's the condition? Once we identify that they, their best interest is to not work with an investor, we say, you know, maybe we're not the best fit. If you don't want to work with an investor, you want to squeeze the most, maybe it makes sense to, to work with a specialist that can get you an end buyer that will, will pay top dollar and, and it'll take more time and more hassle. We have a, um, someone on our team that's a we don't call them our real estate agent. We say we have someone that is a valuation expert. Where they Why don't you say a real estate agent? Why don't you say realtor? Because nobody likes them. Oh, <laughs> people people are going to hear that in the podcast and be like, no, that's not true. It's true. Nobody likes real estate agents. No, I'm just kidding, everybody. But but nobody wants to be sold, right? For example, you pull up, you pull up to the car dealership and this hungry salesman walks up. And he's like, I've got the car for you. You're going to be like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I was at an album that my family and I were in Jackson, Wyoming, probably 10 years ago on, on a 4th of July parade, you know, in Jackson, Wyoming, beautiful town. And this, there was an announcer announcing all of the community floats that were coming by. And one of the floats or whatever was a realtor and a realtor was walking through, who's a popular realtor in the area, in the community and was throwing candy to the kids. And the announcer says, oh, hey, there's Debbie, the realtor. This is the hardest I've ever seen her work. There was like, I couldn't, there was a, several thousand people there. This poor realtor lady is giving away candy. And the announcer on the PA system that everybody is listening to, like, oh, there's here we got like Kelly, whatever her name was. This is the hardest I've ever seen her work. <laughs> that, Bad and love her, her, she was so embarrassed. I can't believe how mad she must have been from that. Oh, I bet you're so mad. Well, I, 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 it was a joke, right? Like there's a time and a place. That's why we pass people to real estate agents. There's a time and a need and they shouldn't work with an investor because it's not in the seller's best interest. It's not what they want to do. Yeah. And sometimes they, it's the opposite's true and they don't want to work with an agent. It's not their best interest. It's not what they need. It's not what they want. So our job is to find out, you know, find people that want to sell and then find out how they want to sell and how they want to proceed. And so we do this with land. We do this with uh, single family homes and, um, in just the last, uh, I think, month and a half, just here in Utah, we've signed four uh, listings on single-family homes, just passing those leads. One of them was a million-dollar listing. I think we've got like $70,000, $70,000 in revenue coming just from retail leads. Now, you're a realtor yourself. Is that how you get the money from it? N no. So what he does is he has uh, some marketing stuff that, that we bill him for. So we, we have ways that we can have him pay for marketing and so forth. So we don't necessarily make much off of it or make profits, but it helps supplement our marketing costs, yeah. which is which is huge because there are leads that we're throwing away. There's people that need to be helped, um, and these agents need to pay for marketing. We basically so good. do the marketing for them. Yep, that's so good. Whenever I'm talking to an agent, you know, I try to find out what's what, what's their time frame. Do you know what's more important to them? And I always ask, like, you know, sounds like a nice property. Why would you even want to sell it? Or I might say something like, but like, why would you even want to? Oh yeah, this is. I was like, you know. Why don't you just list it with a realtor? 
Because if you want to get that much for the property, or if your goal is to, you got lots of time and you want to get the most highest price for it, I'm not your guy. Why don't you just listen with a realtor? And I'm not an agent, by the way, I tell them that. And so it, it really does a lot on the negotiation part of it because I'm not chasing them for a deal, right? I'm, I'm making them come to me. I'm not sounding desperate, Chase. Go ahead. Most people don't believe that we really do this, Joe. They, they don't, right? They're like, why would you do that? You're going to talk your way out of a deal. And to prove Joe's point, if you watch day four of the 40-day challenge, I get Jerry Tidwell on the phone, who I love to death, wealthy investor himself, in three of the wholesale contracts I got, or one wholesale contract and the two rentals I got from Jerry. And uh, I said that. you It's recorded. It's on day four. And I say, Jerry, they're great condition. They're remodeled. Why don't you just list them with an agent? You'll make more money. And he says, I don't care. His sentence, mm-hmm. I don't care. He lady I was talking to do the other day, she just wants to leave Arkansas and go to Alaska. She doesn't care. She doesn't want them anymore. Yep. All right, cool. So um, these deals real quick, you, you, did you try to buy them and close on them as soon as possible? The land? Yeah. The land deal. Yes. 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 I've, I funded all of them with my own money. Um, I bought them and, and just listed them is what I've done. I know there's ways to make more money by selling them like seller finance, selling them on contract basically. And, and you know charging interest and even make more money um, on the total price. So we sold all of them to on the MLS and pretty and all of them bought our land with cash offers. Right. So, so you closed on them as soon as you could. You didn't wait, you know, until you found a buyer and then closed on them. No, no, we we've we've closed on them within a week every single. What, week. what are you telling people? What do you teach people that may not have the money who can't close on them like you did? And how do how do you recommend they do it? Yeah. So you can wholesale them. Just, just like, you know, you can do with a single family home. Uh, you can go to someone like me that's buying in that area. Um, I, I have people that call me because they see me buying land and I'm having people call me wholesalers that are wholesaling land. I talked to a guy this week, actually. So you can wholesale them. What that is, if you're not familiar with this process, your purchase contract basically has to have a paragraph that says you can assign the contract to an end buyer, right? Um, obviously talk to an attorney about the, the ins and outs of this. Make sure you have a, a solid contract. And then you can sign a contract with someone like me, the end buyer, and we have, um, you know, how much the assignment fee is going to be coming to you, what's the total purchase price, all of that stuff, right? So it's it's a simple process. There's there's other options where you don't necessarily have to assign it to an end buyer, but you can go to an end buyer and partner, or you can go buy borrow money. Uh, you can borrow private money. I do borrow money as well. Like I have. I have two rentals that I've purchased that I have private money. I've borrowed money. I have like a half a million dollars in rentals that I've purchased uh, in the last uh, 45 days. And um, I borrowed money from people that I know that I've met and I'll refinance them out for long-term financing on these rentals. So I do borrow money as well. That's the cool thing I like about land too. It's easier in my my experience to borrow money on a five or $10,000 property than it is on a $150,000 house. It's just easier. And we're buying them for so cheap. We're buying them at 35 cents on the dollar. It's just the private investor is so much more protected. Okay, cool. It was funny too. I hear people all the time say, well, you you can't, assignments don't work anymore. They're illegal, immoral, and fattening. And you can't list properties on the MLS that you don't own. We just did two deals in Florida, Southern Florida, where we bought them under contract for about $4,000 each. And we sold them each for about so we twenty eight thousand dollars. So we bought them for four thousand. We sold them for twenty eight thousand. Would you believe it? We listed them on the MLS with a flat fee agent. We found a flat fee broker, 
that listed them for 500 bucks, put them on the MLS, and we found a buyer that was willing to pay us a $23,000 assignment fee for those two deals. So we're buying them for four grand. We're selling them for 30, whatever the numbers were. Our assignment fee was 24 grand. I don't know what percent that is, but this guy didn't care because these were such good deals. And he just wanted, he said, listen, let's, let's make this easy for everybody. Uh, I don't want to pay any more closing costs and, and I have to, and I'm sure you don't either. Let's just do an assignment fee. I don't care how much your assignment fee is. And it just blew me away. Like I even was starting to get skeptical because it is harder to find a, a title company that lets you do that. It's getting harder to find a realtor that will list your deals that you don't own yet. But we did. We just started going around and asking, found a realtor that was willing to do a listing for us. We found a title company that doesn't have any problems doing an assignment. And the thing is, it's a cash deal. So it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. The seller was happy to get rid of this property because they owed a ton of money in back taxes and we took care of all of that. Well, anyway, I just like this business. I love this business because it's, it's, it's easy. I would say it's easier to do these deals than houses in many ways. Yeah. So what's your, Zach, what you going forward then? What, what's your goal? You're going to keep on doing more land, uh, keep on ramping that up, still doing houses too? Mm-hmm. Yep. We have put in a lot of infrastructure this year, right? We went from a couple sales rep to, to we're up to five counting our real estate agents. And, um, you know, since the beginning of this year, last year, we did a little over a million in total profits, mostly all from wholesaling. Like we had like one or two flips. Um, I did cherry pick some rentals, right? I'm cherry picking rentals every year. None of that counts. I have a separate business for that, but this year, our goal, and we're we're pretty well on pace, do a couple million. And a, and a big part of that is land. I think land will attribute to about a quarter of that. And the rest will be from driving for dollars and wholesaling between the two markets. But we have enough infrastructure in place and everything set up that if not much else changes or improves what we've already built, we should be able to do 3 million the following year, right? Because, you know, it takes time to build up the team and train the sales reps and get them you know, on their appointment to lead ratios that we need them to be. And so, you know, things are, things are looking really good. And it's, it's mind blowing too, because I think back to eight years ago, you know, remembering washing windows, you know, I purposely bank it. So my biggest window cleaning contract was America First Credit Union. I purposely bank there to remind myself of how horrible it was. So every time I go to a branch, I'm like, I remember being on a ladder right there and in washing these windows. So yeah, I used, to, crazy. I used to do janitorial work. I used to clean toilets and kitchens. And that's the, that's good to be reminded of those things, isn't it? And not forget yeah. where you came from. Well, and it's and it's also, it's you know, this business is hard too. And if you guys watch the 40-day challenge, you see that it was a grind, that it was a struggle. And then, you know, it's not just rainbows and butterflies here. Even when you're making big checks, there's some hard moments, you know, there's mistakes that you'll make and there's deals that you miss out on. And and it can be painful and frustrating and discouraging. Like, I don't want to paint like this perfect picture because picture, it doesn't exist. But one of the reasons that I try and remember to focus on where life was is to, to help me stay grateful, right? To stay in a positive state, even with some of the stresses and struggles that we go through. Because, you know, I remember fighting over a $20 DVD player that my wife bought because we were out of money, you know, and it's pretty amazing how much life can change when you stay consistent and you learn some of these strategies and, and stay consistent to implementing them and make the mistakes that's required and, and have those growing pains that's required to find success. But yeah, it's work. It definitely is. I was going to ask you some advice that you would give leaving this interview here, some advice you'd give to beginners, but I think you just said it right there. It's consistency in your efforts and not quitting, not giving up. 
because we've talked about some big numbers on this podcast, everybody. And these results, again, are not typical. We're not promising that if you do what we tell you to do, you're going to make this kind of money. But I can promise you this. If you don't do what we tell you to do, you're not going to make anything. And the most people, most people fail in this business. Most people do not. They just, well, they just quit when it gets hard. And they didn't realize that, oh, I have to work. Oh, I have to invest money in marketing. I have to send letters. I have to talk to people. Ah, I don't want to do that. I just want to push buttons and have money fall from the sky. It just doesn't work that way. But yeah, the, this is this. I love this business. Zach, if you were to, if you had, if he had to, he could verify those numbers, those big numbers that we talked about. I could verify the numbers I've talked about. So this is a real business. You just have to make the decision, you guys listening, how bad do you want it? Do you really want to do this? Are you willing to put in the work, do the marketing, put the investment, and then be consistent with it? Be consistent is the key. That's the word for the day, consistency. How about that? Love it. Zach, how can people reach you? You've got some cool stuff. You've got a course on driving for dollars. You got a YouTube channel. How can people get you? Yeah. So you can follow me anywhere you like social media. So podcast is driving for dollars mastery podcast. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, I have all of them. And so if you have a particular place you like to, to learn and consume educational content, I definitely create some pretty awesome stuff to help you guys. I want to bless your lives. Uh, I do like my fancy, my, my fancy graphics there. Is that pretty impressive? I love it. It's popping it up. Learning, learning the system as we go here. I love it. Better? Oh, look at that. That's a little better. I <laughs> uh, love it. So, yeah. So, Driving for Dollars, Driving for Dollars Mastery Podcast to oh, officially Driving for Dollars Mastery Podcast. That's okay. But you can go also go to dfdmastery.com. DFD, right? Stands for Driving for Dollars. DFDmastery.com. I have a website there that breaks a few things down, a few trainings. There's also a hyperlink to our 40-day challenge in that, that uh, website, dfdmastery.com get full access to that for free. So Awesome. And if you guys are watching this on YouTube, we will have all the links for everything we've talked about in the description down below. Uh, let us know what you think of this podcast too. Let us know, was this helpful for you? What would you like me to talk about more? Next time I interview somebody like Zach, who's doing a lot of deals, or there's some things that I forgot that you wish that we could uh, talk more about. I'd love to hear that from you. Okay. So thank you, Zach, for being on the show. I really do appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor, always. Thank you, Joe. Good. All right, guys, we'll see you all later. Take care, comb your hair, and uh, oh, don't forget to remember this thing I talked about, simplelandkit.com. Go there right now to get my land kit and see some of the direct mail that we send. It's actually in there, and um, maybe it might be something. You know what? Can I ask you something, Zach? Mm. Can you send me a copy of the letter that you sent? Can I put it in my uh, simple yeah. land kit? Would you let me do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm, not, I'm putting you on the spot. There's millions of no, people no. watching right now. So you can't. Yeah, I, I, millions, millions of people. No, I, I'm totally willing to give back in any way. I'd be happy to, sh to share the, the template that we. All right. So we, let's you, do this. Put a cover page on your letter. Do it like insert a blank page cover page with all your contact information and your links to get your stuff so people can reach out to you. But um, I'm going to put into the kit Zach's letter that he likes to send with his contact info in there. And um, you guys can see it for yourself. That'd be cool. Thank you, Zach. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm putting a note here to, to get all over that. That was not planned, but I'm, I love that idea. I'll all right. Guys good. out, give some value. Thanks, yep. man. We'll yep. see you guys later. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Zach.